0: How many people do you know who struggle with their health? Chances are, whether they show it or not, most of the people in your life do. And chances are, you're one of them. Whether you're dealing with anxiety, depression, endometriosis, acne, eczema, autoimmune, thyroid, Lyme, brain fog, fatigue, or any other symptom or condition, you're far from alone living with symptoms has become the new normal. So no more guessing games. It's time to get answers. Welcome to the Medical Medium Podcast. I'm Anthony Williams. Let's talk about fruit fear and how dangerous fruit fear has become. They lied to you and they lie straight to your face so that you do the dirty work for them and spread their lies and disinformation far and wide over time. They rob and steal any chance for you to heal. They keep you lost and scared and keep you in fear. Fruit is bad. Fruit can harm you. Fruit can kill you. Avoid fruit, they say. There's some realities you must know about the war on fruit. Did you hear that? I said the war on fruit. Yeah, and where it's leading us in our coming days, the results of what happens when fruit fear in the health movement completely gets its way and no one wants to eat any fruit because they're totally afraid and scared. So let me give you a picture of what will take place not too far off in the distant future. And so let me tell you a story. So let's go into it now. The demand for fruit grows smaller and smaller as the years go by. Grocery stores worldwide are throwing away more and more fruit because people aren't buying it. This leads us to the health food stores and grocery stores ordering less and less fruit. Fruit juices such as apple juice and other organic whole food pure juices just sit on the store shelves and collect dust and no more is restocked and ordered because of the fear spread by the fruit demonizers that 100% pure organic juices are dangerous for your health and can even kill you. More and more anti-fruit propaganda keeps on being promoted nonstop without any science and research showing us evidence that fruit is bad for us. Fruit farms, orchards... Orange groves, bramble farms, watermelon patches, melon patches, banana farms, pineapple farms are not making enough money to keep equipment running and manpower. They just shut down. Land that's owned by these fruit farmers, both small farms and big farms, have to burn their orchards and groves down in order to clear the land to try to reestablish a new way of living. Fruit farmland that is leased they build housing on, and also burn all the orchards down. The amount of burning worldwide of these fruit trees and brambles will be catastrophic. This will emit tremendous amounts of smoke and ash into the atmosphere, hindering wildlife globally. And because there's that much ancient fruit land and farms that have been here feeding the populations for hundreds of years, and when it goes up in flames... It's disastrous. Every season, as the fruit naturally drops and sits on the ground in the orchards, it feeds animals and wildlife like deer and moose, bear, fox, birds, and other wildlife before winter comes. It keeps them alive and gives them a fighting chance to survive the year. This disappears, and so does a large portion of wildlife that has been feeding on fallen fruit For hundreds of years, bees already are losing the ability to thrive. In the future, their last chance of survival will end with the loss of the blossoms. From the cherry blossoms, apple blossoms, pear blossoms, peach blossoms, nectarine blossoms, and plum blossoms, and watermelon blossoms, and virtually every other fruit. Bees rely on fruit trees and their fruit blossoms worldwide to sustain and survive. And because there aren't enough wildflowers to feed them already, never mind in the future, they're going to suffer greatly. Experts in the health field are unaware of this environmental change that's on its way and the ecosystem shift that will occur. Fruit is one of the most important parts of our ecosystem. Without its balance, it will be thrown off and it will trigger famine and loss of life and the slow destruction of our environment on an inner way, and every way. Meat, butter, milk, cheese, yogurt has become scarce and hard to find. Without the pollinators, it will affect livestock. Grass-fed beef from grass-fed cows don't eat grass only. They are in the fields eating wildflowers from herbs that prevent the cows from getting disease. With the loss of the pollinators Bovine viruses and bacteria will dominate and livestock will have to be put down in the masses because the bees spread immune system-building properties to each wildflower for the cow to consume. And now that the bees are gone, the cows that graze are not getting their medicine. Phytochemical compounds pass from flower to flower by the bees in the fields the livestock graze in support their immune system. Meanwhile, health influencers on social media will echo the no-fruit propaganda more than ever before while they are battling their newfound symptoms and conditions, not realizing how important fruit was and is for the world or their own healing process. The largest percent of the food supply for the bees are fruit trees and fruit blossoms. Now that these are gone... There will be pockets of bee famine in areas all around the world where they just disappear quickly until they're finally finished. And when the bees are gone, the butterflies follow, and these godly pollinators are a big part of how our whole food chain survives. Honey, which is a medicine that will be needed in the future because of our broken immune systems and the viral plagues to come will be rare and too pricey for almost anyone to purchase. Propolis will be a critical hidden gem that is sparse and needed and finally disappears. Hummingbirds that migrate in the spring rely on fruit blossoms to survive because there's not enough wildflowers in blossom during the spring, so large portions of the hummingbirds will disappear and die because they can't make their journey without the fruit blossoms. Then there's the industries that will capitalize on the disappearance of fruit. Fruit flavorings will explode in the marketplace. Synthetic fruit flavorings that will be deemed safe by paid-for science and research will be in high demand because of the loss of the real fruit in the world. And people will long for fruity-sweet flavoring of raspberry, strawberry, and watermelon. The chemical industry will go into production, and the amount of chemical byproduct produced will be destroying the ecosystem even more. Children will never get to experience eating a piece of fruit in their childhood and won't receive bioavailable vitamin C and other antiviral compounds from fresh fruit during a critical time their immune system is in development. Infertility will be on the rise more than ever before, Women's reproductive system diseases will worsen and be at a level we have never even dreamed of. Women's diets will be lacking fruit more so than ever before. It will be rare a woman has one piece of fruit a year, which will worsen infertility, and this will threaten the existence of the human race. How did we get to this place at this point in time? In the future, no one realized that they were being used and lied to about fruit. So let's talk about today, you guys. Did you ever think about what could happen like if fruit is just done, like gone? There's a tipping point where stuff just goes wrong. Just like when someone's sick and they get sicker and sicker and sicker, there's a tipping point there too that you never wanna be in or never wanna go to. So in the present moment right now, women's infertility is on the rise You know, fibroids, endometriosis, PCOS, reproductive cysts, reproductive cancers, because women aren't eating enough fruit. That's actually a part of it. I mean, there's a lot of part of it, but that's a part of it. There's a lot of pieces. Instead, women are told to eat eggs. That's what they're told to do. It's like replace fruit, something that's been around forever, and just, no, just eggs replace everything, I guess, because that's what it is, is everybody's told to eat eggs, which, ironically, eggs worsen reproductive system conditions by feeding the very viruses that cause women's reproductive system diseases and symptoms and conditions, right? And so I've talked about that before. Eggs feed viruses, viruses that are in the reproductive system creating fibroids, cysts, PCOS, infertility, You know, fruit is antiviral, and it's being taken away. And you're like, what? No way. It's not being taken away. How's that possible? You know, people can make choices. They can have fruit or not. Yeah? Well, everybody's being told not to eat fruit these days. Fear. Fruit fear big time, and it's infectious. It really is infectious. It's easy to get tricked. I mean, you haven't yet. Maybe you're, maybe you're like a lucky one that's like didn't even know about it or something, but it's so infectious where it's like instantly like, what, fruit's bad? Well, it's going to feed mold. It's going to feed something. What is it going to do, create candida? It's going to make me sick? Is it what? And that's what everybody's doing now. And look, fruit is critical in keeping our immune system strong. I'm just scratching the surface right here of the sabotage that a small group of health authorities started more than 10 years ago. Did you hear that? Because I hope you heard that. Sabotage by a small group of health authorities over 10 years ago that had a master plan and were just buying into it. Yes, there were certain individuals who started Fruit Fear. Yeah, get that message. Get that memo now, because it's a big deal. And and they were purposely planted into the health world to spread one of the largest, greatest deceptions and lies of our day, that fruit is bad, fruit is harmful, fruit's dangerous. I'll spell it out for you, okay? I'll just spell it right out, just straight out. People were planted by industries to purposely spread disinformation about fruit in the holistic health movement to stop people from eating fruit. And it's ingenious, ingenious because it's working. (laughs) It's it's actually brilliant because it's working. That's how good at it they are. And it convinced good-hearted professionals in health. Like, look, you're probably thinking, no, no, my practitioner is a great person. Of course, of course your practitioner is a great person. Of course, your doctor's a great person. Of course, your health coach is a great person. They got pure intentions, absolutely, but they get convinced that fruit needs to be avoided. You see? Especially the sweeter fruits. Have you heard that one? Like, oh, yeah, stay away from sweet fruits. Stay away from sweet fruits. Hard to believe? Whether you believe it or you don't, it's reality. See, I know there is something you guys know. A lot of people in health know, okay? Okay. And it's that there are certain industries in the conventional medicine world that love us being sick. They love it. They love us being sick with chronic illness, right? You know about this. You guys know about this to sell drugs and everything. You you know the whole story that's been out there, that part anyway. If we get healthy and you you start living longer and you get healthier, we're less dependent on what they're selling to try to keep us alive. You know, all the stuff they try to keep us alive with, like drugs and stuff. Or you can look at it this way, to keep us sick, however you want to look at it. They go broke if we stay healthy or we're just not really that sick at all. Sickness is the money-making machine, duh, duh. (laughs) And you guys know this totally, right? But there's something you don't know. I'm going to drop a whole bunch of more stuff you guys don't know, and it's this. It infected a part of the alternative medicine world, jeepers, (laughs) it got to the herbalist who once knew fruit was good for us many years ago. It got to the chiro (laughs) in the village, the chiropractor in the village who never had a problem with bananas until now, forget it. Chiropractors not gonna recommend bananas anymore, very few have ever, unless they got reignited by fruit information that's been spreading around from medical medium information all these years to fight this battle. And, and this information, even, you know, this misinformation, fruit fear, got to the healer in the next town that loved giving people apples to help them heal, recommended them, but now no more, no way. Stay away from those sweet apples. The strategy was to put out the word that fruit causes multiple problems, right? You heard it, diabetes. Oh, stay away from fruit with diabetes, you know, pre-diabetes. Stay away from fruit, right? Right? Hypoglycemia, stay away from fruit, gut problems, stay away from fruit. If you got any gut problems, God, God forbid, anybody with SIBO or anything like that, you just don't eat fruit. Uh it feeds candida. If you got candida or it's gonna give you candida, causes it, or you got Lyme disease, stay away from fruit and causes cancer. Don't eat a piece of fruit. Oh, don't eat, don't eat that cherry. It's gonna cause cancer. Oh, wait. Don't have any fruit because it's going to rot your teeth or causes UTIs. You guys might have heard that before, right? Yeah, yeah, it's unbelievable. And any other condition you can think of. So fruit was weaponized. Oh, man, how can, like, something that, like, simple, something that pure, something that natural be weaponized? Like, weaponized? Like, what is he talking about, right? You're probably, like, thinking it was weaponized. It was weaponized purposely against the chronically ill, the underdog. It was weaponized against the underdog, slowly against the chronically ill. Not all at once, though. This is a slow progression, and it's kicking in gear more and more. And here's the thing, you guys. Partly why it's slow is because people's common sense understands that fruit probably isn't bad. That's what's funny Everybody's common sense knows somewhere in the back of their mind, somewhere in the back of their skull, <laughs> somewhere in there that fruit is actually good or fruit can't be bad. It's in all of us, it's in our heads, okay? All of us. It can't be bad. How can it be? And that's what made this whole fruit takedown, this weaponizing, the war on fruit take longer because people are like, not totally getting tricked they're just like what and so people still eat a little bit of fruit in places so the industry's planted fruit demonizers in the health movement and this is the next part i'm going to talk about the industries planted fruit haters fruit fear creators okay demonizers to inspire good intentioned health experts good intentioned health authorities that fruit was bad, and then have that trinkle down to local holistic health experts, like in your town, like in your village, on social media, cool people doing their thing, you know, like health health coaches and, you know, and trainers and all kinds of people who have incredible intentions that actually want their people better and stronger, but they get totally confused. And that's how it worked. They became convinced that fruit is harmful for anyone. So they attack fruit on social media, in the doctor's offices. This doesn't mean that everyone who fell sucker into this attack on fruit is involved. So I don't want you thinking if someone is ripping down fruit, ripping it apart, right? You're like, oh my God, they must be one of those planted people in the industry. That you know, No, that's not it. It's, I'll talk about who those might be in a minute. But it's spreading like wildfire by good people. Not purposely, but it got to all the good people. And so all the good people with good intentions doing good stuff in health are like, no, fruit's bad, stay away from it, watch out, no sweet fruits, don't eat that, don't eat this, okay? But there are certain individuals that played a role in starting this fruit fear in the beginning They started the war on fruit and started the lie that fruit causes harm. It was a bad seed, man, planted in a dark way to bring us where we are today with no merit, no science, no evidence, no proof in any way that fruit causes anything or is bad for you. No proof and even the most basic lie of all at the start that fruit feeds candida or fruit causes candida you know an apple doesn't feed candida you guys but chocolate cake will (laughs) you know vegan or animal based chocolate cake so let's talk about what what's in fruit let's go into that a little bit because i think that's important right there trace minerals did is that something you don't want in you trace minerals is that bad uh phytochemical compounds that are critical for healing like anti-cancerous compounds wait a minute Fruits loaded up with anti-cancerous compounds. Uh, you don't want that in you. Um, vitamin C. You don't want that in you either, right? No, that's bad. Vitamin C, uh, anti-cancerous compounds, antiviral compounds are in fruit. Oh, you don't want that in you, especially right now with what's going down. Especially everybody scared crapless right now, <laughs> just you know, and locked in their homes. Okay, so you don't you don't want antiviral compounds. That's in fruit. Antibacterial compounds antifungal compounds, nutrients, totally packed with nutrients, all kinds, undiscovered also, antioxidants, living water, critical glucose. No, everybody would rather not have any fruit, but drink some maybe coffee from a coffee shop that has straight tap water, right from city tap water. And, but stay away from a piece of fruit with living water in it that's pure. And you know what else fruit has? Fruit has worm expelling properties. So everybody's freaking out about worms. They're looking in the toilet, you know, and they're looking in the toilet. They're looking for a worm that's five inches long that's really just some food all like intertwined and wrapped around itself. And, oh, maybe, you know, I always tell people, no matter what, if you're going to see a worm go in the toilet, it better be moving and it better be swimming. Then you can guarantee that was a worm. And, but I'll tell you right now, Fruit has worm-expelling properties. What's in fruit? They say, that they say, okay, the demonizers say, sugar, and sugar is bad. So, hey, you you know that, right? Sugar is bad. You hear it all the time. That's what you hear. Fruit, sugar, sugar, bad, what, huh? Did you know without sugar, you die? Interesting. So without sugar, you die. Uh, That's a funny one. Did you know every single movement you make, task you do, thought you think, uh, words you speak, hello, is because of glucose? That's glucose. And there are sugar in the foods you think have no sugar. Check this out. All right, let's go into it a little bit. There is sugar in foods you think ain't got no sugar. All right, meat, for example. I can't have sugar in it, meat. Are you kidding? Caramelized sugar when you cook meat. It's caramelized sugar in there. Where'd it come from? Well, no one talks about it because I guess nobody knows or something. Let me tell you where it comes from. It comes from the blood of the animal, which was loaded with sugar, glucose. The animal can only survive say like a cow, eating grass, which is sweet, believe it or not, right down to the root, there's a lot of sweetness in there. All that sugar from that grass, all right, that gets munched up and munched up and and basically juiced in that cow's mouth. And that sugar right there is their glucose for grass-fed beef. And the animal's blood sugar... So it could survive and stay strong and thrive. So when you cook a piece of meat, which I'm pro meat, I'm pro plant-based too, you know, but when you cook a piece of meat, because that's what you like, if that's what you like, when you're cooking it, there's sugar in it. And then when you're cooking it, it caramelizes. That's what happens with sugar. The minute you put heat to it, the minute you cook with it, it caramelizes. So that's, that's the blood sugar. And it's never measured. It's not measured on any scale. Science and research doesn't care about it. No, I just care about protein. They don't care about the sugar in meat. You know, they never dial it in. They will never tell you how much sugar is in a piece of meat or animal product. And this isn't an anti-animal product campaign. I don't have a diet belief system. Anybody who knows medical medium information is, whatever diet belief system you have, I'm about plugging in powerful tools so you can make it work for your Belief so you can heal. So I'm pro meat, I'm pro plant based. But listen without sugar, you hit the floor. You lay down and you slowly die. And there is sugar in the foods that you love that are fat based. So you're thinking that's ridiculous. I don't die when I eat all my fatty foods. I'm not dying. Yeah, because avocado has sugar in it. Avocado has plenty of sugar in it. By the way, Hey, you know, remember that story I told you at the beginning of this podcast? Avocados won't be around either in the future because they're going to need to be pollinated by a lot of bees in order to keep the supply of avocados going. And avocados, hey, if you love them and they're part of our trendy diet now, they won't be here in the future because the bees will be gone. If the war on fruit continues, there won't be any more bees. There won't be enough avocado trees or bees to sustain people who love them, you know, buy bye avocado toast. It's gone. It's toast, <laughs> which is kind of funny because toast anyway, which is sugar, even though it's gluten-free, it's still sugar. But you didn't think you eat really any sugar, right? Because a lot of people say, I don't eat any sugar. Really? And they're like, hey, I'm really enjoying my avocado toast, which is great because avocados are the healthiest, one of the healthiest fats, right? If you're going to have fats, it's one of them. But Think about that. There's plenty of sugar in the avocado because that's what keeps you functioning. It's that sugar. And in that gluten-free toast, it's sugar. But don't eat a piece of fruit. Have that, but never touch fruit. Oh, it's bad because it's sugar. Fruit's sugar. And so don't touch a piece of fruit, but have avocado toast, which the toast is sugar. Basically straight sugar. It's all sugar. And then avocado, which has sugar in it. There is sugar in nuts and seeds too, you guys. Your nut butter's peanut butter, almond butter, that sugar is what allows you to function. It's not the fat allowing you to function and keeping your brain functioning, but that's what someone wants you to believe that was planted quite a few years back. You know, one of the moles, the plants, the fruit demonizers paid for to actually distract people, scare them out of fruit, creating fruit fear along the way. They were there for a reason to try to sabotage fruit. This is the war on fruit. The milk, cheese, butter, yogurt, kefir, people eat. It's all got sugar in it. Did you know that? It's the lactose. So here you are. You're having your cheese. You're having your milk. You're having your butter. You know, butter's got a sweet edge to it. It's all got sugar in it. Nut milks have sugar in it. Oat milk is sweet. And they even add some sugar in it too. So I see people, they're like, no, I don't do fruit. I won't touch any fruit. And they're pouring their oat milk, you know, from a container on their food. And in the container, it even says added sugar. It's got like cane sugar in there added to their oat milk. It's got like agave nectar added to the oat milk. It's got like coconut sugar added, like all kinds of things. Natural flavoring, which is sugar too they put a little sugar in natural flavoring they're allowed to do that and and not say it so it's like okay let's just pour sugar on top of my sugar and does that make any sense but never touch a piece of fruit because we're we're afraid of fruit we exist because of sugar but most of those foods i mentioned earlier don't even have enough of it or any antiviral compounds, like I said, antibacterial compounds, antimicrobial compounds, phytochemical compounds, critical antioxidants, and immune-building properties. But fruit does. What's interesting is we're being told not to eat fruit by people who don't know why we are sick. So you walk around with a symptom, you walk around with a condition, and... Nobody knows why you're sick because research and science doesn't know and there's no answers to why you have a condition. They'll just tag it as autoimmune or something but not give you any answers, cause unknown. That's the saddest part. Chronic illness is on the rise and it's not from the one banana someone eats a month or the one apple they eat every three months. No one even eats fruit. I mean, I bet you guys, like plenty of you out there listening right now, don't even eat any fruit, right? I mean, it's not on your radar. And some people do, and if they do, they don't eat much at all. And by the way, the world is sitting in the dentist office chairs right now getting their teeth drilled. I mean, that's the thing. Like, our world that we live in now, people by the, yeah, billions, are in, you know, they're in the dentist office and they're getting their teeth drilled. And it's not because of fruit. We could even argue it's because they are not eating enough fruit. You know, you might have had some fruit a moment in your life a little bit and then a dentist blamed the cavity on it, but billions of people are not touching fruit and getting root canals, implants, teeth drilled, bridges all day long, no matter what. But fruit gets the blame. The irony is <laughs> is it gets the blame more than junkies' sweets do right now. Like, right now, at this time we're in, fruit gets more blame for problems than junkies' sweets right now and chocolate delights and cane sugar. You guys eating chocolate? But you're afraid of fruit? I'm just wondering right there. <laughs> There's a lot of people... I've seen out there and I talk to and stuff, and people come to me you are like, hey, I can't eat a piece of fruit, but no, no, I'm doing my chocolate. It's medicinal, right? I'm doing my chocolate. You can still eat your healthy chocolate bar with organic cane sugar or coconut sugar and do your healthy organic cheat meals and self-care meals with coconut sugar, cane sugar, gluten-free grains, and those sugars and chocolates won't get the blame ever. They'll never get the blame now. No way, not with the war on fruit going on but fruit will. Hmm. (laughs) It's, It's interesting, right? Chewing that for a minute. Think about it. You guys, check this out. The same people who sabotaged fruit in the health industry back over a decade ago also simultaneously started pushing disinformation that our brain runs on fat, not sugar. It happened At the same time, okay? The same time. Same time the sabotage happened, all right? And the propagandists and the fruit demonizers, the paid-for people involved, the moles and plants, they did a switcheroo. Fruit is bad, but your brain runs on fat now. The new rule. No signs behind it. Just runs on fat now. And if we eat sugar, we gain fat. And... Fruit makes you gain fat, is what they say. Interesting. The same early crew that was planted by a dark industry and put people into fruit fear also pushed the high-fat trend that defies common sense, saying sugar from fruit makes you gain weight, but all the fat you eat doesn't. And you know what the sad part is? Think about it. Other health professionals buy into it and then spread it around. First of all, people don't eat enough fruit. That's not why they're gaining weight. Look, come on, let's be straight. You've been tricked. Bottom line, fat makes you gain fat in the end. Not fructose, natural sugar that's in an apple, a pear, a watermelon, a kiwi, doesn't make you fat. Okay, a kiwi, okay? <laughs> okay, a kiwi is not going to make you fat. But will what will make you gain weight is fatty meals. You see right there? So what will make you gain weight is the fatty meals that causes a stagnant, sluggish liver medical medium information that put it out there, okay? Quite a while, way back. So, it causes a stagnant, sluggish liver when you're eating all those fatty meals. That's all, and then your, your liver is already filled with metals, toxic, heavy metals, bugs, fats from a lifetime of eating fatty foods of all kinds, healthy or not, healthy or not, fats, healthy fats or not. And in each person, the weight comes on at different times in their life because your liver has a tipping scale too. That does before it gets sick and all of a sudden gets stagnant and sluggish depending on each person. And guess what, all right? Come on, let's be honest. Let's be honest with ourselves. Let's not be a denial about this. Fruit isn't doing it. No one even eats fruit, really, and the amount of fruit they eat is really so small. It's ridiculous. It wasn't the sugar in a chocolate chip cookie or the blueberry in the blueberry muffin gluten-free or not, that made you gain weight. It was the fat in the food, the oils in the cookie or muffin, the fat in the eggs, the fat in the chocolate. Yeah, the fat in the chocolate. The fat in the milk, the fat in the butter, the canola oil. Think about it. You better work out in the gym two hours a day while you're young, still young and feeling strong, whatever, and you just better be in the gym three hours a day so you can eat all that fat. And, you know, and not touch fruit until finally it catches up to you. And, you know, no matter how hard you work off, you're just working out. You're like, what is this? Why am I gaining weight? (laughs) Think about it. Any snack, treat, delight, gluten-free or not, you have had has fat and sugar combined. And no one is talking about that fact that it has fat and sugar combined. They're acting like all is great. All is great. But don't eat that piece of fruit. Cause it's sugar. See where you're tricked out. You see where you're tricked out. Look, <laughs> You know, I'm just being straight out honest because that, you know, yeah. And each new generation of young adults whose parents made them scrambled eggs lovingly in the morning. And then they went out for pizzas at night, end up getting their first symptoms Maybe some bloating, maybe some acne, maybe some eczema, maybe some brain fog, fatigue, or a little weight gain. Listen to some health podcast out there and instantly get scared to death of fruit. That's how it works. So it's not doing the younger generation's justice for sure because they are just getting fed total misinformation. And then they end up believing every ridiculous, unfounded, logic-defying deception about fruit. And then they echo it. That's how it's done. And yes, yeah, they get taught to eat healthier, sure, right? Younger generations now, which is pretty amazing. You get a symptom and you get taught to eat healthier, like whole foods, no gluten, no processed food, maybe balanced diet. <laughs> and now they're eating more eggs on their salads. They're trying to do some food combining twists and turns. And they're doing some fermented foods, healthier oils, because wow, I heard this oil's healthy, and avocado toast, uh, gluten-free toast, protein shakes. And sure, it's an upgrade until they get sicker later or sick again later, and they're still not eating fruit. Well, <laughs> while, they're, while they're looking for the next diet belief system, like, where do I go? What do I do? I got a symptom. I got another symptom. I was doing good, pretty good, being off processed foods. Now, where do I go? I'll go plant-based. No, wait, I'll go animal-based. Which one do I jump into? You know what's funny? Fruit is so demonized that you're encouraged to eat cacao with caffeine in it, which tastes awful on its own, and add sugar to it to sweeten it. And it's heralded as God. So cacao, right, take sugar, put it into it, and no one talks about the added sugar. Everybody talks about fruit being crap. Fruits crap, it's sugar, it's bad for you. But cacao is heralded as God. See how darkness works? I'm not saying you can't have your chocolate. I'm just saying the caffeine industry is even part of this whole gig, all right? But you're not allowed to pick a piece of fruit off a fruit tree and eat it, God forbid, or peel a navel orange in front of someone. You're gonna be ostracized for that. You're gonna be totally ripped apart for that. God forbid. Hypocrisy is off the charts, man. It is, think about that. Look, you guys, check this out, okay? Our brain runs on sugar, by the way. If you eat brain, which maybe some of you have tried brain before because it's, you could, if you eat brain, you'll notice it's sweet, creamy, sweet, and a little salty. Interesting, a little salty too. It's hardened glycogen that is a carbohydrate. Your brain is a hardened carbohydrate, kind of like a sweet potato with some with some mineral salts in there. It's hardened carbohydrates, still kind of soft and to some degree, but hardened. And it tastes like a it tastes like banana and a celery stick together. The brain tastes like a banana and celery stick together. Like why would I know that? I've talked to people who've eaten brain. Okay, and I've talked to a lot of people over the years that have eaten brain. And they're like, well, I kind of like it. It's a delicacy. Because I've talked to people all over the world for years and years and years, thousands upon thousands over the years. And I would say, well, and they would ask me, well, how can I simulate this brain flavor since it's not a good idea that I'm eating brains of different animals? And I'd say, well, put celery sticks and, you know, make a banana salad. Celery celery sticks and bananas together, kind of mix it together And see what you think. And the consensus was always, it's so close to brain, so close to the taste. There's a reason. Because a banana has tiny amounts of omega-3, right? And lots of sugar, okay? And then the celery has got those mineral salts. And that is the combination. Your brain is made out of mostly sugar. That's glycogen, stored glycogen tiny amounts of omega-3 and lots of mineral salts, okay? And those mineral salts help feed your neurotransmitters. Some varieties of omega-3 that our body even produces itself from a healthy liver will be in your brain, but that's only a tiny bit compared to the glycogen level I'm talking about, the stored carbohydrate. Our brains heat up when we think, are you thinking now? Like, are you thinking like, hey, should I eat a piece of fruit? Like, should I think about it? Is, what should I do? Well, electricity is spinning around right now. Electrical impulses are going around in your brain right now. And our brain needs a vast amount of sugar, which is glucose, in order to keep it cool. You get a breakup in a relationship, your boyfriend, you know, cheats, or your girlfriend doesn't want to be with you anymore, or something happens, you go into shock. Your brain goes into shock and or you you have a you have a relationship issue of any kind or any kind of trauma that's what happens and you need those electrical impulses to be working electricity all of a sudden fires up and goes crazy when that happens and our our brain needs a vast amount of sugar which is glucose in order to keep it cool kind of like antifreeze to a car engine antifreeze is synthetically sweet it cools the engine down Don't ever drink it, God forbid. But the sugar cools heat. See how it works? Sugar cools heat, not fat. Fat creates more heat. Sugar cools heat. Fat creates more heat. So if your brain was all about fat, it lives off fat, whatever, you know, it's all made out of fat, however it goes, it's going to overheat, overheat. And what happens is this is why instinctively when you have a stressful event I was mentioning before, like a breakup or any kind of trauma, you crave something sweet afterwards, like ice cream. That's one thing right there. After a breakup, relationship breakup, that's a big one all on its own. I've heard it a thousand times, I need my ice cream like (laughs) every day. You know, the reason is glucose, sugar, stops your brain from overheating and burning up and getting damaged and even mild, tiny strokes that are undetectable from being that upset. After your brain goes into a electrical storm of trauma, when you see that breakup message on your phone, you're like, oh my God, what is this? I can't believe this, right? Or you get that news, like you're getting a divorce, boom, those neurotransmitters, they're like firing up, they're like burning up, they're like just falling apart left and right, those neurotransmitters. Just, just like going left and right. And when you don't have enough glucose. Your blood sugar isn't stabilized for that. You don't have that storage bin in the brain. I mean, you could suffer greatly with all kinds of afterwards PTSD trauma injury. You know, look, you'll hear, okay, check this out right now. This is a whole nother thing. You'll hear people say, I never crave sugar. I call BS on that one. <laughs> okay? So you don't eat cheeseburgers? The bun, which is sugar. The cheese, that's sugar. The meat with caramelized blood in it, like I told you before, that's sugar. The ketchup, that's sugar. The mayonnaise, all have sugar in them. Um, Okay, so you don't have the cheeseburgers. You don't crave pizza, ever? Like, you don't eat pizza or crave it? The cheese, that's sugar. Straight sugar, basically. The sauce, the crust, all have sugar in it. Lots of sugar. You don't crave tacos? Maybe you're one that does or doesn't, but a lot of people crave them. The corn tortilla, the the flour tortilla, sugar, cheese, once again, sugar, sour cream, tomatoes, salsa, sugar, sugar, meat. Nope, there goes the blood sugar. Again, the meat, sugar, they all have sugar in them. You don't crave a sandwich, gluten-free or not, because the bread, sugar, the meat, the cheese, the spread... The tomatoes, the nut butter, the avocado, whatever you have in your sandwich, it's all sugar. It all has sugar in it. You don't crave pasta? The pasta grain or bean pasta has sugar. It's all, it's made out of it. The sauce, sugar, the dairy that you might put on, it's all sugar. And people put butter on their pasta, sugar on top of sugar. You don't crave chips and chips like corn chips, potato chips, they have sugar in them with 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 you know with oil and salt. You don't crave hummus, right? Beans, that's the carbohydrate, the sugar. And what do you eat hummus with? Chips or carrots, carrot sticks or a sandwich, a hummus sandwich, all have sugar. All meat, all dairy, all bread, all nuts and seeds, all beans, all avocados, all sauces have sugar in them, right? Mind-blowing, You crave savory and sweet together all the time, you guys. That's what everybody's doing. You're craving savory and sweet all together, all the time. The sugar aspect is what allows you to function out of all those foods I just mentioned you crave or that you want to eat. But God forbid you touch a piece of fruit. I mean, for real. And then you top it off, all that food? You top it off with what you believe might be a sweet that's kind of on the edge and a little off the chart, like some ice cream or chocolate in your diet. Okay, so do you drink coffee? You put your oat milk or dairy or soy creamer or nut milk in your coffee. That's all sugar. But you won't eat a piece of fruit in the morning because you're scared. All these milks have sugar in them. So... Think about this next time you hear someone say you don't crave sugar. Like you, <laughs> what's funny? Next time you know you tell somebody out there I don't crave sugar. Just think about that a little bit. And next time you hear somebody tell you that like I don't crave sugar, like the, if they're out there or you watch some of these YouTube, I don't crave sugar. Okay, sure. And if you believe that, you've been stupefied, tricked by not smart information. And that you know, it's everybody's smart. I mean, it's not about that. It's about the information being not smart. That's <laughs> like so you have to see it because that's what it is. And people get stupefied all along. I mean, all around, it's like, all you hear out there, I don't crave sweets. I don't crave sweets. Oh, man. Meanwhile, everything they're eating is packed with sugar. And it could be a slow burn, like oats. Sure, slow burn, carbohydrate, still sugar. That's what you're living off of. Or a faster burn, it's still sugar. It's all the same in many ways, actually in every way when it enters your cells. And fat doesn't enter your cells from your blood and become energy, that's a farce. Do they call it blood fat? Are they measuring that every time you go into the, the doctor's office? Well, we better check your blood fat, we better make sure. No, because that's not what keeps you alive. They're not measuring your blood fat. It's your blood sugar they're measuring. We need sugar to survive. It's what our cells run on. Sugar has to attach itself to insulin to get into our cells to keep us alive. The fat doesn't attach itself to insulin and go into our cells. Where the heck does it go then? That's what I'm trying to say. The fat actually doesn't enter your cells. Interesting, it's not its job. It's not attaching to insulin. So they're not like, you go to doctor's office, let me check your uh, blood fat. Oh, where is it at? Hmm, too fat, too too high, too low. Um, What's going on? Nothing. It's not even on anybody's radar. But fat gets in the way of sugar entering your cells. So it gets in the way. It's a menace. I'm not saying you can't eat any healthy fats not it at all. I'm just saying, are you ever going to eat a piece of fruit or are you just going to stay scared, 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 stay sick, 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 misinformation, disinformation, never touch a piece of fruit and just get, you know, exactly. So insulin resistance occurs from the fat and the sugar combined, right? But fruit does not cause insulin resistance you have been taught that your oatmeal is a slow burn. Okay, you probably heard that. Like, no, it's a slow burn. It's, it's you know, it makes it last. It sustains you, and you've experienced that yourself. It's like, and oatmeal, oats are okay. I'm not anti-oats, but you've experienced it yourself. It sustains you for many hours when maybe you tried one or two pieces of fruit on its own and you got hungry fast and felt like it wasn't getting you through the day or getting you through the morning because you didn't eat enough fruit, because it's not that high in calorie. In fact, it's not even high in calories. And that's one of the mistakes. There's not even a lot of sugar in fruit. That's the irony. And, you know, and what you're not realizing is that when you eat your oatmeal, you probably added fat to it which also increases your calories. You threw the nut butters in there, you threw the avocado, I see people throw avocado in their their oatmeal. You stick milk in there, nut milks, nuts, nut butters, coconut, cacao, almonds, soy, you add that to your oatmeal. So now you have this really high, dense, dense caloric meal with a ton of fat on top of it, mixed with sugar, and you think you found the perfect meal When you're you know, hey, if you're not really sick or you don't have a lot of symptoms, you got nothing going on, yeah, it feels like a perfect meal. But now you have a problem you don't know about, though, that's going to bite you over time. And it's insulin resistance that sits there and goes long-sustaining. So you have this long-sustaining insulin resistance that catches up to you over time, and eventually you have to then learn how to intermittent fast. So now you're 25 years old and it's like, well, I'm intermittent fasting now. I have to not eat at all, all morning, all afternoon and try to exercise and stimulate on coffee drinks. I got it. I I have to intermittent fast now because you're putting the weight on. You're seeing like a pound come on. You're like, oh my God, that's my first pound. That's my first pound I've ever seen. Why am I getting a couple of pounds on me? I exercise um, I'm eating healthy meals. I'm doing my peanut butter butter smoothie bowls and oatmeal with nut butters. And I'm doing all that and having avocado toast in the morning. Maybe I should intermittent fast. And, and that's what people do. So now they're doing that. And maybe you get a little bit of low energy or a little bit of brain fog. And you're putting on a little weight and you're like, okay, intermittent fasting time. And guess what? All these things going wrong, putting on a little bit of weight, couple extra pounds, getting a little brain fog, little acne starts kicking in or anything like that, low energy. It's not because of the fruit. It's not because of a few berries you might have thrown on one of your oatmeal bowls (laughs) or, you know, or maybe a piece of banana or a half a banana you threw on an oatmeal bowl. It's not going to be that the underlying insulin resistance and stagnant sluggish liver caught up to you. So you stop your oatmeal bowls in the morning. You stop your avocado toast in the morning. You stop your eggs in the morning. Yeah, you stop your eggs in the morning. And then everybody has to eventually intermittent fast. And the only reason it seems to help is because you gave your body a break from eating fats for most of the day. You went fat-free by default without realizing it by accident without anybody knowing or realizing it. It has nothing to do with fruit. And that's just one thing that has nothing to do with fruit. Everything has nothing to do with fruit that goes wrong. And eventually, your intermittent fasting doesn't seem to work anymore either later on because you get these cravings and you still have insulin resistance because you're still eating fats at the end of the day, and you never know how to escape it, and you don't know you even have it, the insulin resistance, and still you stay away from fruit. (laughs) Unbelievable. But you still cheat on pizza, ice cream, whether it's plant-based or animal-based, So you swing from craving to craving and then holistic doctor to doctor. And guess what you get told there when you go to your holistic doctor? You know, God bless them. But you get told, get off of fruit. Just don't as if you eat fruit all day. Like, you get told to get off of fruit. Happens every day. People aren't even eating fruit, but they remember eating a piece of apple, like, or they remember eating half an apple four days ago, and they're at the doctor's office, and their holistic doctor's like, stay off of fruit. That's number one. That's your problem here. Oh, whoa, as if you're eating fruit all day long. But what's crazy is everyone who gets sick for the first time never really ate fruit. How much fruit did you guys eat before you first got sick? And if you did eat a lot of fruit, you're a rarity. I'm talking like a rarity. Think about it. When someone first gets sick and they start to clean up their diet and try fruit more, they instantly get told to stop, either through something they see, either through you know a podcast they heard, you know from a professional being on a podcast telling you stay away from fruit, do low glycemic or don't do none at all, claiming it's going to make you sicker when the person already got sick before eating the fruit and now the person is afraid of fruit because of anti-fruit propaganda and misinformation without anybody realizing it. The very thing they never ate the fruit was medicine. So without realizing it, you guys, the very thing no one ever even ate was their medicinals, was their medicine. They just didn't know how to use it as a healing tool. You must learn how to use it properly. So when you try the medicine, a piece of fruit, it scares them because you don't know how to use it. And that's what happens. You know, it's like a lot of things. It's like anything. If you don't know how to do something or you don't know how to use something and understand its power or what it holds or what it does... It scares you, you don't use it right, no one teaches you. And right now in this world, no one wants to teach you how to use a piece of fruit. No way, they want the opposite. They wanna scare you, scare you out of it. And that's the whole thing. They are, to- they, they are told the fructose is bad for them. That's what everybody gets told by health experts. It's like fructose, it's a scary word now, by health experts who don't know why they're sick to begin with. Meanwhile, the fruit is medicine. When you are eating cleansing fruits and they are dropping into a dirty environment, your body, (laughs) that's the dirty environment, stuff starts flying, crap hits the fan. The fruit is house cleaning. It's cleaning your toilet. The fruit is cleaning your toilet, bottom line. It's cleaning the bad inside of you. All the sludge that's built up in your gallbladder The fruit is sweeping out bugs that colonized in your gut and liver for years. That's what the fruit is sweeping out. The bacteria in your small intestinal tract, it's helping to dissolve rancid fats and rotting proteins in the lining of the intestinal tract and colon and duodenum. It's helping to detox your liver of all the poisons and helping to starve viruses. And then... If you're still dumping in eggs, dairy, too many nut butters, lots of chicken right down the pike, and then throwing fruit on top of it, that fruit you're dropping down is going to be like, oh my God, this is a serious mess right here. And there's going to be a large conflict going on in here, a larger conflict of interest because the fruit is going to have to try to clean up a mess on top of a new mess, It wants to digest fast and push out all the bad. And then it gets misconstrued as fruit being the problem instead of your dirty system that's a mess. So the messenger gets shot. You got a mess inside of you. There's a whole bunch of dirty going on inside there, like a whole bunch of sludge, all kinds of bugs, all kinds of troublemakers. And you drop fruit in there to clean that mess. And the messenger gets shot. It's fruit. And it's that, you know, it's the apple, the banana, the mango, the orange, the peach one time a year, and the melon that didn't do any harm, and it didn't do any wrong. It's only there to help you, and you shoot it in the back. (laughs) You shoot the messenger in the back. You don't even give it a blindfold or its last cigarette. Meanwhile, these fruit haters and fruit demonizers don't know how to even eat fruit. And I know, because I actually talked to one many years ago, that was also onto the bandwagon of trying to destroy fruit, create the war on fruit. And I said, do you even know how to use fruit or eat fruit? And they just knew that you cut a grapefruit in half and you try to cut the little squares out, the triangles out. That was the most they knew. And from what I heard talking to this one person, this professional, they were putting sugar on top of their grapefruit on top of it. And fruit? They didn't even know how to eat it or... Didn't even know what kind of fruits were out there. But fruit's evil, totally evil. It's unbelievable. So look, and there's therapeutic nature to these fruits. And that's the power that's within them so that healing happens all around inside our bodies. Fruit can be used therapeutically, you know? And when you align other therapeutic foods with fruit extra healing occurs. So then there's a the crowd that's sick for the first time. You guys hear this all the time. Maybe out there you get the crowd that's sick for the first time. Maybe they got a little bloating, maybe a little weight gain, maybe some acne, a little eczema, and they never really eat fruit and don't start eating it either. Sure, they get rid of their processed foods. You know, they're eating healthier fats, which is which is good. They're eating vegetables, They may see an improvement in their symptoms. Maybe they throw in a few berries, some acai, told to stay off sugar, but still eat sugar, bad sugar and grains, especially on their cheat days or self-care days, but they don't eat fruit or ever enough fruit. And they hate on fruit and spread that hatred around. Like they just hate it. They'll just comment about it. They'll talk about it. They'll post about it. They hate fruit. Even if it's done in a nice way, like even if they, it's done in a really nice, thoughtful way, like what seems to be kind of like a kind manner of what their experience is, like someone will say, everybody's different, I'm different, you know, you. it might work for you, but it, it didn't work for me. I tried fruit because of what they learned from the health podcasts out there, the talking heads of health or that piece of fruit bothered my stomach and didn't make me feel right or something. Meanwhile, that piece of fruit just dropped into a dirty environment, and it's trying to clean up the mess, and no one understands. Because when, like I said, they listen to maybe a health podcast or something like that, that fruit is bad, they instantly just all of a sudden go with it. They get suckered into it, and they listen to the talking heads out there that just want to climb the ego ladder in health, rip rip down fruit on social media, Health experts spreading the same tricks and game that was originally planted by the industries to start the war on fruit. And we get suckered into it and we lose something that was really going to help us. We, we didn't understand it. We just didn't understand it. And it was actually going to be a saving grace for the future if you get sicker down the road. You know, you'll hear things like some low glycemic fruit is okay. But overall, fruit is bad. You know, it's too sweet. And then there's the people who never even ate fruit, got sick, tried a piece of fruit, and they're still sick because they don't know the cause of their symptoms and how they got sick and why they're still sick. They blame it on fruit, though. (laughs) Okay, And maybe saying, it made me sick when I tried it. It gave me that tummy ache. Fruit always gets the blame. Aren't you glad you're not a piece of fruit (laughs) shunned? alienated, underappreciated, undervalued, shot in the back. Maybe some of you guys can relate and with other things in your life or something, you know? Chronic illness is on the rise like never before and no one eats fruit, pretty much no one eats fruit and fruit gets the blame. Neurological symptoms are on the rise like never before in history. Anxiety, do you have anxiety? Depression, Lyme disease, Vertigo, tinnitus, I'm, all good, I'm going to do future shows on all those. So I hope you listen. Neuropathy, focus and concentration, brain fog, migraines, head pain, neck pain, back pain, joint pain, that's mysterious, which we'll cover, you know, in upcoming episodes. These are all nervous symptom conditions. Nervous system conditions and symptoms. And people with these symptoms didn't get sick because of eating fruit. They didn't eat any fruit. Practically, nobody does. But what you need to know is an important part of recovery from these neurological symptoms that I just mentioned requires consistent, uninterrupted levels of glucose, sugar from a natural source, sugar from fruit, because your nervous system is made up of nerve cells, you guys. Nerve cells exist on sugar. Whether anybody likes it or not, I just say it again. All those nervous system conditions, your vagus nerve causing all these different problems people don't even know about, like medical medium information of what, co- what causes what in your, your vagus nerve, it needs sugar to exist. That's what the nerve cells are made up of. They draw it in. They need it desperately. Meanwhile, fruit is a way for these people with neurological symptoms to recover and heal. And it's kept from them on purpose by the industries and by accident by well meaning practitioners and influencers who are, you know, who are well meaning and doing cool things but don't know why they have stomach pain and bloating and gastritis, hypoglycemia, acne, fatigue, eczema, weight gain, anxiety, and don't know how to use fruit as a healing tool. Then, check this out. Check this out. Then we have the anti-aging pros. The anti-aging pros, you know, it's all about anti-aging and the pros out there in the circuit and everything. It's all about anti-aging. Anti-aging as if that's an answer for why a 20-year-old can't get out of bed and has severe neurological fatigue and can't function and go to school. Or, you know, the 30-year-old who's on anti-anxiety meds because they can't even function, the worst brain fog and depression ever. Or why 20-year-old has autoimmune or Hashimoto's or any kind of aches and pains. What a farce that is. Okay, anti-aging is the panacea like anti-aging is the answer, like everybody's on the circuit, don't eat fruit. Let's talk about anti-aging and living longer. And there's all these 20 year olds and 30 year olds laying in their bed on Mattress Island suffering. You know, if you claim to be an anti-aging expert and you're not pro-fruit, all fruit, not just berries, then you're so far off the mark, it's embarrassing. And the sad part is anti-aging experts don't even know why anybody is sick. They don't know why the 25-year-old, like, can't do anything, function, laying in bed, fatigue, headaches, migraines, floaters in the eyes, and they're anti-aging experts, and they're on the circuit like they have all the answers. You know, that's bad enough to begin with, as it is all of it. Aging means we're oxidizing, oxidizing means our cells die. The question is, how fast are we oxidizing and what causes the oxidizing? I'll give you a hint. We have toxins, pathogens in us, more than ever before in our history. I've been talking about it for 35 years. I call them troublemakers. Take for, And think about this toxic stuff right here. Take for example, air fresheners, plug in air fresheners, colognes, perfumes, conventional scented candles, conventional cleaning supplies, gasoline, petrochemicals, pesticides, herbicides, fungicides, pathogens like Epstein-Barr, shingles, herpes, simplex, strep, cytomegalovirus, HHVs of all kinds, and all their mutations and varieties, and more. And guess what? You age fast with all of that, and everybody's peppered with it all. Men and women are saturated with colognes, perfumes, scented candles, air fresheners, and living with bugs. Pathogens inside of them. And meanwhile, they won't even touch a piece of fruit. And they get told, don't touch a piece of fruit. The very thing that's anti aging, one of the most powerful anti aging tools and healing tools to get those aging troublemakers out of the body and prevent premature aging. And the anti aging clowns on the circuit, they're all against fruit, except maybe a few berries or something or a green banana. And, or a green apple, you know, fruit has undiscovered antioxidants that are critical to our survival in today's world, especially the stress, all that stress. And it's the largest array of antioxidants that is non-toxic in any way, meaning you can get large amounts of undiscovered antioxidants and a few discovered ones but large amounts of it, without having to deal with toxic things involved in other foods or other places. You can find an antioxidant in caffeine, right? In a caffeine beverage, but it comes with a price. So there'll be all this science and research to protect the caffeine industry, right? And it'll be like, let's find an antioxidant in in coffee. Let's find it in some kind of caffeinated beverage. Let's find it in match tea. Let's find it in black tea. Let's find it in chocolate. So all the science will be paid for for that, to try to find that one antioxidant, that two antioxidants, and then they herald that antioxidant like God, like that's going to be your savior. But no matter how much caffeinated beverage or cacao you eat, one blueberry or one bite of an apple will give you more antioxidants than pounds of chocolate cacao can ever offer See, science doesn't look at antioxidants in fruit anymore. They don't, because it would spur on a massive upsurge of fruit intake and fruit production and anti aging experts. They don't echo the power of fruit and all the antioxidants. They don't. They just look for these obscure items and be like, oh, that's good for long lasting health. That's good so you can live forever. Oh, that's good too. And this is, they, they don't even ignore fruit. There was, <laughs> you know, look. There was some food science done on some fruits at one point, like 20 years ago, and it spawned on interest in fruit being good, and it was instantly crushed and discredited. You can guess all the reasons why, you know, you can know, you can guess, right? Because corruption, of course, corruption everywhere. Instead, science scrambles as it's being paid off by the caffeine industry to search for one or two types of antioxidants in a coffee bean, cacao, matcha tea, or caffeinated tea. Meanwhile, caffeine blows out and destroys years worth of antioxidants. So, you know what I mean? It's like, okay, let's have our caffeine beverage, get those two antioxidants in a small dosage of it, and then let's just blow out with all that caffeine killing off your adrenals and everything else because it's, it spurs on corrosive adrenaline. You get an adrenaline spike from caffeine and that adrenaline ages you quickly. It's corrosive. It actually injures cells and nerves over time. When it's every day, every day. And then your hair starts falling out when you get older, and now you're 38 years old, and my hair's thinning. What's going on? Let me go buy a supplement that's hair, skin, and nails. Let me go to a natural doctor and look for some collagen. Let me go do something. And your hair's falling out, and your skin is getting all dry and crazy. And you're like, you're aging at 38, 39 when you're not supposed to. You're aging at 30, and Here you are thinking you're getting your antioxidants because paid-for science is just totally tricking you out and everybody's keeping you away from fruit and you need fruit to counter your habit, that whole thing, your addiction because when you get on that addiction on that caffeine and your adrenaline is running fight or flight every day because of that caffeine and you're aging yourself quickly you better be eating a lot of fruit in the mix to battle it and counter it with its antioxidants to stop you from aging so you can so you can keep your habit going so all right you guys let's cover some of the fruit the fruit hater talking points in the health movement and These are a couple of my personal favorites, okay? The fruit hater talking points. You might be ready for this if you're into fruit or not or hating fruit. They say that fruit is hybridized extra sweet because it's manipulated by man. First of all, they trick people out with that one by confusing them by saying fruit is hybridized. Most people think GMO is what it is, then they hear hybridize? So they're saying, oh, GMO. It's not GMO. So hybridize doesn't mean GMO. One thing fruit haters don't know is we have been hybridizing, grafting, and coveting fruit in different ways for thousands of years all around the globe. This is how the human race adapts and survives. Fruit haters and fruit demonizers will tell us that we make the fruit too sweet now, and fruits were not sweet a thousand years ago. You know, that's kind of funny because <laughs> that's funny. How do they know what fruit tasted like thousands of years ago? Think about that one for a minute, you guys. Wild blueberries are way more sweeter than regular cultivated blueberries. Uh, did you hear that? Wild blueberries, wild, are way more sweeter than any regular cultivated blueberry. That instantly debunks it. I guess we debunked it then. Okay, there you go. That's a wild food that's been around for thousands of years, wild blueberries, thousands of years growing here, and it's sweeter than a cultivated blueberry, De- instantly debunked. It's the opposite. Fruits aren't sweet enough today. Fruit haters don't realize that fruit was sweeter in the past. It's not even sweet enough today. That's, that's why, you know what? That's a lot of reasons why people hate it right there it's not sweet enough. They cut open to a mango and it's not sweet enough. They're like, uh, what is this? They cut, they cut open a papaya and it's not sweet enough. And they're like, gross. What is this? This, the problem is bananas aren't even sweet. You peel a banana and you eat it. You can't even taste the sugar sometimes on any level in there. And So people don't even like fruit because it's not even sweet enough. If it was that sweet and tasted that, that good and sweet, people would be like, I want that. I want that. All right. (laughs) The bottom line. Many of the people that I know, the reason why they hate fruit, because it doesn't taste sweet. That's why they actually hate it. They'll taste some berries. They're like tart. There's really no sugar in them. They'll taste, you know, an apple, it's just boring, it's not really that sweet. Apple pie, it's a different story. I have a friend that would be like, well, I would love this apple and an apple pie with sugar, table sugar added to it, okay? Unless someone runs into the sweetest watermelon they've ever had, like once in a blue moon in their life, or the only other way they actually like fruit is when they stop eating all the other sugar in their diet. All the other sugar that I mentioned, like get rid of all that cane sugar, all the nut milks, all everything that has sugar in it that's sweet, all the things, all the pizza with the pizza crust and the cheese and the sauce. And once they get rid of all that for a little while and they eat a piece of fruit, they're like, oh my God, this is the best thing I've ever tasted in my life. It's because they basically went without all the bad sugar and then finally had a piece of fruit, which isn't even that sweet, but thought it was the best thing ever, okay? Here's a talking point with fruit haters Heirloom foods that have seeds is what counts, and that counts only. Well, first of all, yeah, that counts, true. You know, and these fruit haters say fruit that isn't an heirloom and doesn't have seeds is bad for us. This isn't accurate. They say it with no evidence at all. The truth is heirloom, heirloom fruits, heirloom foods, are just older varieties with seeds or no seeds. There are heirloom varieties of fruit with little to no seeds. And there are heirloom varieties with lots of seeds. Nutrient density and phytochemical compounds don't discriminate on how many seeds are in a fruit. So it's like, that's another psych out they throw at you right there, okay? Nutrient density, phytochemical compounds, antioxidants, Minerals and trace minerals have nothing to do with if a fruit has a ton of seeds in it or very few seeds in it. So there you go, bottom line. People harp on non-GMO fruit. And the funny thing is, get this point right here. The people that are harping on non-GMO fruit, meaning fruit that's not GMO, On any level, okay, whether it's hybridized or heirloom or just cultivated or grafted, just natural things we've done for hundreds of years, all right, to sustain ourselves here on planet Earth. When people harp on all that, you know what the funny thing is? These fruit demonizers are most likely consuming GMO soy, GMO corn. GMO beets, the anti-aging experts on the circuit with podcasts, they're eating GMO corn, GMO beets, animal products raised on GMO grains in restaurants as they're traveling periodically in their diet, (laughs) unpurified water in restaurants and coffee shops, GMO canola oil, natural flavors with MSG, nutritional yeast, which is natural occurring MSG, caffeinated beverages with GMO soy in it, occasionally gluten in some way, while ripping down fruit all day long. It's sitting there and ripping apart fruit and ripping down fruit. And they're sitting there too on their podcasts, on their platforms, talking about how bad fruit is, and they're getting GMO stuff in their diet left and right is what they're doing. Another difficult part of fruit fear and fruit hatred is is the very early disinformation that's misinformation purposely put out there that was strategically placed in the health movement by these paid-for moles and plants that sparked the lies about fruit having something to do with poor health or causing sickness and not helping in any way in someone's healing or recovery. These moles and plants, these fruit demonizers I'm talking about that did that are still out there now. Yeah, yeah. They're still out there now. You better believe it. (laughs) They're spouting out, and here's the funny thing too, they're still out there now, spouting out encrypted biological theoretical terminology about anti-aging, anti-aging, DNA, DNA, telomeres, telomeres, genetic codes, molecular mimicry, genetic mutations, leaky gut, biofilm, microflora, microbiome and more, it makes the person who is sick and has already been to plenty of doctors believe that there is this rainbow of glorious alternative medicine research and science that the person with symptoms and is sick just doesn't understand or has to tap into it or haven't tapped into it yet. Like, like the information's out there. The message is out there. These guys are echoing it. These anti-aging experts with encrypted terminology, telomeres. Okay. It's interesting. When a person's laying in bed and they've been to their 10th specialist, 10th neurologist, and they're, they're 28 years old, 35 years old, they can't even get into a car. They've got crippling anxiety, suffering with fatigue and everything. I don't think Telomeres is gonna help. I don't think DNA is gonna help them. And I don't think talk of these things really helps. And that's the irony to it all. But these plants and moles, these these beginners of the fruit war on fruit movement from the start, going back years ago that are still around, make it seem like there's these mysterious options to get everybody better. And meanwhile, everybody's getting sicker like ever before, you know, and it makes that sick person feel. Like they just need to find a genius or someone who understands anti-aging or someone who understands the gut in some way and everything else that these moles and plants put out there by the industries are spouting out in hopes to be healed. Or if a person who is not so sick and they haven't suffered or been to five doctors, they will think these anti-fruit moles and plants are on to something. So if you're not so sick and you're not really suffering that much, you got a little acne got some little bumps on your skin, you got a little tummy thing, digestion thing once in a while, you got a little energy loss and you watch one of these geniuses that are on podcasts and other platforms and other places that tear down fruit in some way and you hear them talk about telomeres and mimicry and, and, you know, microflora and you're like, oh my God, these geniuses and whoa, and they got answers and they must be working with today's science. It's a great distraction, you know? while laying around with a few symptoms, listening to podcasts and watching YouTubes and hearing about telomeres and then getting out of bed, walking to your kitchen, wondering what to eat, and they don't care as they spout these theories out and you're like, well, I'm not gonna eat a piece of fruit today and they kick fruit down as if it's crap. Meanwhile, all that encrypted genetic anti-aging inflammation talk and gut health rhetoric doesn't get someone's tinnitus better. I'm sorry, it doesn't. You can listen to all those podcasts you want and your tinnitus is gonna ring, ring, ring until you learn the true cause, until you learn the true cause of your eye floaters, until you learn the true cause of your mysterious jaw pain. So all that health rhetoric out there and anti-aging and encrypted genetic talk and telomeres isn't gonna get your twitches and spasms better And it ain't going to get your burning skin better and your jaw pain. It ain't going to get your migraines better, your fatigue, your insomnia, your brain fog that's crippling, your vertigo. That talk, that DNA talk is not going to get your vertigo better. It's entertaining, I guess, because you sit there and be like, whoa, geniuses that got all the answers on the podcast or on the YouTube. They're so smart. They must be tied into science and all the key parts of healing. It's not going to get your eczema better. You can hear that stuff all you want. It, but it does lead you to think there is this panacea of information that these guys know, and you just need to learn it. That anti-fruit rhetoric makes sense. Fruit is bad, and it will not help you heal. I'm not saying everyone talking this way is an anti-fruit molar plant or a bad person. They just follow the lead, and they'll just they'll also speak this, you know. Leaky gut, telomeres, DNA, anti-aging, whatever it is, it doesn't mean everybody's bad. That's not it. I'm just saying they're the originals that are still out there now setting everybody up. And they're fed the information to set them up and still bring down fruit at the same time. That's what that is. And... They, you know, but, the, but there's people out there that just take their lead that fruit is bad because they don't like fruit anyway because exactly, it's not even sweet. <laughs> so it's an easy knockdown. You know, anti-fruit propagandists don't want anyone to know someone has healed while having fruit in their diet. Check that out. I'm just saying it like it is. They don't want anybody knowing someone healed by having fruit in their diet. They ignore the healing stories, the healing recoveries, that fruit played a role in. Spirit of Compassion has always told me you can heal with meat in your diet. Did you hear that one? Spirit of Compassion always told me you can still heal with meat in your diet depending on your condition, meat. But Spirit of Compassion has also always told me that you can heal with fruit in your diet too. And it's critical to have it in everyone's diet but the fruit haters and the fruit fear creators put a blind eye to this very truth. The truth that so many people have healed already using fruit. Critical recoveries, life-saving recoveries. I'm not biased towards meat. Everybody knows that about me. It's in Medical Medium Books, starting with Medical Medium Book 1. But they are biased towards fruit. Interesting. The dis- this disinformation they put out there purposely about fruit has worked its way into the plant-based movement so that people trying to heal in that movement don't have a shot in hell if they're really sick. So people who go plant-based, they don't have a shot in hell if they're really sick or keep on getting sicker, that, that's what happens. And just being gluten-free isn't enough. And animal product-free isn't enough for a lot of people who go plant-based. And they become afraid of fruit, scared to death of fruit, so they live off of fats and then they try to go keto-plant-based, and then their symptoms worsen, and then another one bites the dust. And a plant baser then runs for the hills to eat salmon and eggs to start with and becomes an animal baser again and starts eating animal protein and leaves the plant-based movement. And if they ate one piece of fruit, their symptoms will be blamed on that. Seen that a 100 times out there. Fruit has become a scapegoat. It's so you don't have to look at the real problems and issues that are causing symptoms. It protects the industries. It's above everybody. The sabotage, the war on fruit is above everybody, which really is the war on people staying healthy. What's funny is the industries that want to keep us sick choose professionals who haven't suffered from chronic illness yet in their life to spread the fruit fear. These professionals are easy to convince because they don't know what it's like to suffer and not get answers, at least yet in their life, even though it comes to them too, where they get sick and they look for answers eventually. So they don't know what it's like to be so sick and to have tried everything and. They're at that tipping scale on the edge with their symptoms and illness where they know the difference, where fruit is really keeping them alive. They've never experienced that, where it's keeping them from falling more ill, having beautiful fruit, and how important it is to find fruit as well. They don't know about this. And they don't know how to use fruit as this healing tool. I'm not talking about only eating fruit and fruit only and nothing else at all. Nothing. I'm talking about using it specifically in ways as a healing tool. I have seen so many people with colitis and Crohn's. There are millions of them in the world that if they knew how to use fruit, it could have saved them from years of agony Same with people with gastroparesis, celiac, IBS, gastric spasms, and so many more. Because yes, the ones that learn how to use fruit realize fast how much it matters. And these anti-fruit professionals that haven't suffered, you guys, that take their cue from disinformation spread by molds and plants, believe they have it all figured out. And they think they're smarter and superior in health because they haven't fallen ill yet, but they also take that little humble nature too, they play that game, so there's a little humbleness going on. So you're thinking, huh, you know? And then you end up thinking, maybe they're just eating all the right things. When they are just lucky, they can still eat pizza, drink wine on the weekends. And here's the thing, they teach younger people who haven't been sick or suffered yet in the health movement, who also can still eat pretty much what they want. You know know some people, right? You know probably who they are. You probably see people, and they're like, whoa, they can still eat what they want. They teach them that fruit is bad. So these younger people naturally spread disinformation about fruit other places and other things around too. And being that they know nothing about what causes illness, even if they're a health professional, they still have influence to take a powerful healing tool like fruit and toss it away away from someone who could have used it to save their life or get a better life or better their life. I hear it every day. Check this out. I hear healing stories of people who say they were kept away from fruit by all of the propaganda and all the different people talking about it out there. And they were told it was gonna hurt them, maybe even do worse than hurt them. It would cause their gut health problems, make them worse, cause Candida, leaky gut. But they had nothing to lose because they weren't getting better any other way because they got that sick. They got too sick. So they took the plunge and learned how to use fruit as a healing tool properly, and it blew their minds as they healed. Fruit demonizers don't know how to use fruit. Health professionals who are anti-fruit don't know how to use fruit. (laughs) Health professionals that like fruit and are pro-fruit still don't know how to use fruit either, (laughs) but it's important to know That fruit demonizers especially not only don't know how to use fruit, but let their ego control them so they don't even stay open to the possibility that fruit heals. And they just stay misinformed. And they are making a mistake. A mistake that leaves countless people chronically ill who are eager to learn a way to heal Occasionally, fruit demonizers will say some berries are fine, green apple's fine, green banana even. They do that to appease level-headed, sensible people that don't fall for the anti-fruit game. So it's a trick to make it look like they're still pro-fruit, but they're doing it sensibly, you know? Like, no, just a little this, little of that. But who cares if you're sick and you're kept from an answer, one of the real answers, one of the real healing tools, And one of the answers, that fruit is good? See how there's darkness behind everything? When you scratch the surface, people suffer when there's healing tools available. You know, does the word darkness like bother you? I look at it this way. If innocent good people are suffering from chronic illness and answers are kept from them for devious reasons of any kind and someone's laying in bed with no answers And one of the things that can be helpful is kept from them. It's darkness. And just because professional fruit haters don't know how to use fruit as a tool, they would rather throw it under the bus along with the people who are sick. The spiritual war we are facing both here around us and above us can only be won if we know the game darkness plays. And darkness is uncaring of anyone, and it holds no compassion, and it despises the light. The fruit trees and the brambles and the fruit vines have given us life throughout the centuries because they are of the light. But like anything and everything, Darkness trains us to take it all for granted. And why was fruit mentioned over 300 times in the Bible? Because it mattered to someone, and there's a deep connection. Because fruit is a life giver, not a life taker. Fruit signifies renewal of life. As the darkness shuns the fruit, and the evildoers kill the fruit trees over time, The angels cry as the fruit trees die. Ignorance and greed is a great part of why we are sick. The ones that are supposed to protect us here on Earth only mastermind how to harm us and hold us back from what's rightfully ours as we are led the wrong way, regardless of who we are. Fruit hatred gives us insight that the spiritual war is real. You can see the signs. Everyone knows there's corruption in all the industries and they're seeing it more than ever before. But oddly enough, (laughs) no one thinks there's corruption in alternative holistic medicine and the alternative health information that goes around. We think if it's holistic, it's pure and holy, no ill intentions at all. And for some reason, the conventional medicine world released a magical fairy that has allowed the alternative health movement to be creative and do as it pleases. But that's impossible. There are facets of it we don't realize, ruled by the hierarchy over time as they work on breaking our thoughts and breaking our minds. So what I leave to you is the tools to explore so you have every opportunity to heal. It's everyone's God-given right to have every chance to give their body what it needs so you can move forward and conquer illness and rise out of the ashes. See, I believe in you and I know you can heal. As you guys know, I'm not a doctor. Any information you learned here, feel free to take to your doctor or healthcare provider. If you found this show helpful and informative, feel free to share it with someone in need of the information. If you like this show, please subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. You can also find me on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram at Medical Medium. And for more information on healing, please visit medicalmedium.com.